And so this morning, would you welcome Reverend Lindsay as she comes to bring the word this morning. close their eyes. I'm just going to pray. Maybe it'll settle my nerves a little bit. And yeah, Jesus, thank you that you're with us and you are for us and you have, um, given me something on my heart to communicate this morning. I pray that you would help me be clear and that you would just anoint every ear to, to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you for this morning and thank you that you are with us and we can gather and we can together move forward as a body. Amen. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I don't do catchy titles and I don't even remember half of Brandon's. But I have a catchy title that I felt like I had about three and a half years ago when we started talking about this process and it's a little bit ironic, but it's, I wasn't called. I don't have a dream, but no one else is coming. Um, I grew up in a culture that taught as we do, that we each have unique and recognizable gifts and callings and a place within God's kingdom and in the local church. And a really special time in my life was camp. Um, every year I would set time aside to come to camp, to meet with friends, um, to have experiences, and to have a time set aside to meet from God, meet with God. And um, one, of the, one of the things that would often happen was something called a commissioning service where um, people would come forward and, or they would ask God for a call. And um, it was often for people with a, um, a call into ministry or into missions. Um, I know a lot of people who felt called to be a teacher, to be a nurse, to be into whatever job and vocation they were gonna have. And Brandon and I have really, we grew up in the same services, but we have different experiences of that. And um, many of you have heard Brandon talk about some of his calls. So there's one specific moment in time in his life. He's sitting a couple of rows back on my, my right at the moment and watching Pastor Trevor Harris preaching giving the word of God, walking on the backs of the pews. And he felt like God called him in that moment and told him, you will, you will do this. And he has a, a passage. Oh, where are we? From Jeremiah 1. And I'm just going to read to you. But God gave him that in those days. And he put it up on on the wall or on the ceiling of his bedroom and he would go to sleep at night and think over these verses that were a specific calling. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. 
I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Well, I remember being in those services, too. Um, And I remember being at the front, sometimes standing with my arms out, sometimes kneeling, sometimes laying, and crying out to God and saying, God, whatever you want. Sorry, I'm a crier. (laughs) I kind of suspected this would happen. Whatever you want from me, take it. Just show me which way to go. And I didn't receive anything definitive as far as the focus of my life. And it was something I really struggled with as a young person, as a, as a teenager, as a young adult. And actually, that's, that's kind of why I'm talking about this today. Because I think there's only a small portion of us that get, like, the thunderbolt word from God. And the rest of us have a place. And the rest of us also have... Well, I'm, I'm going ahead of myself. Um, I'm going to fast forward to a moment. Three and a half years ago, I went to something we call Open Door. It's part of ACOP's commissioning process. So I'm sitting in a room with about a dozen people. And the directive is given introduce yourself, say what you do in, um, in terms of local church or parachurch organizations, and tell us what you're called to. And I kind of triggered. I thought I dealt with some of this stuff a long time ago, but in that moment, I kind of, I don't know if you've heard of imposter syndrome, but it's basically just an idea that, eh, what if they really know me? They wouldn't even let me be here if they really knew how normal I am. <laughs> um, and I started to panic as people walked around the room. And there's kind of another point to the story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ping pong back and forth a little bit, but I just want to be share, sharing of my heart this morning because I feel like we have a funny view of calling. Or at least I did. Um, I never had a dream. Like, never. I didn't plan my wedding when I was a little girl. Uh, If you asked me what my life was going to look like, I'd smile and say, I'll get old. Like, I just, I had nothing. And um, I actually suspected as a young adult that it meant that maybe I'd die young. And it, it really quite bothered me. So I didn't have a dream. I didn't have a direction to go. I changed my, my focus in university three times. And all three times came to the conclusion I was not meant to be a teacher. I was sure of that. <laughs> I was not meant to do whatever it is you do with a history degree. I <laughs> I, the only thing that I came to conclusions of is what I wasn't. Um, and then I didn't... I didn't see my future. 
I didn't have a dream and a goal. Brandon and I talked about how many kids, and I'm like, I don't know, kids? Uh, never really pictured myself as a parent, but maybe two? He wanted four, at least, enough to make a team. Um, so as young, obviously I found Brandon, we got married, started a family, started having kids, and you kind of don't have to deal with these questions. At that stage of the game, life just kind of happens. But at some point, I picked up a book. And you know, we read. I don't read maybe near, well, I don't read as much as Brandon these days. But we're readers, and I come from a family of readers. Um, and if someone asks, you know, what's your favorite book? I've always come to exactly the same book. And if I had my way, every one of you would own it and read it. Because it changed everything for me. It's called Whose Child Is This? And we are actually ordering some in. Because I actually would like all of our children's leaders and youth leaders to read it at some point. But it's for everyone. Um, it's by Bill Wilson. He is a man of God who, if you look it up, they could say he ran a Sunday school in Brooklyn. Of The numbers are different. I've heard 50,000. This book says 75. I've heard 100,000 kids at a time. They bust them in. Um, I've met him. He's not young. <laughs> um, but what impacted me was that he was a powerful man who persevered through great, crazy things. He's been shot. He's been stabbed. He's failed and had to pick up again. But here's his salvation. He was 12. He'd been, oh, sorry. He'd been um, left at a bus stop by his mom. And someone rescued him and sent him to camp. And his salvation was, nobody wants me, Jesus. But if you want me, here I am. I want you to forgive me of my sin. I want to give my life to you. And, oh, there's so much. Um, later, he ends up at Bible school for a bit. And his moment of commission, his moment of calling, he was in second year and a visiting pastor was preaching and says, God is not looking for people who have ability, but availability. That's all you need. And his answer was, Lord, if you can use someone like me, I'll do my best. Well, that changed things for me. He specifically talks about how he never had an audible word from God and he never had, um, you know, those moments. He never had a moment where he was called into ministry. He just found something to do and did it every day. 
And when he was disappointed and discouraged, he just put one foot in front of the next. And I read this book the first time and I went, okay, I can do that. And life has, life has given me lots to do. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to talk about what we're all called to. First, I am called to a relationship with Jesus. I feel like this whole topic could basically, you could open your Bible from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation and you're going to just find a, it's what the book's about. So it was really hard to find verses in this. So I just chose some that were really impactful to me. Um, I've spent about six months <laughs> singing this scripture to song from an old chorus from when I was a kid. I'm not going to do that today. I'm... <laughs> I do not have the... <laughs> that's Brandon's job. Um, but Second Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In the Amplified, it says, But you are God's chosen treasure. So I'm called to be God's chosen treasure. And each of us is called to be God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings. We're called to enter into his presence with boldness. We're called to lead someone. A spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. We're called to be a separate from our culture because we're a peculiar people. We belong to God first. And he called us out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. That's a calling. <laughs> um, we're chosen by God. We're his treasure. We have identity as priests and royalty. We've been called out of darkness into light. And actually that verse tells all of the points, but we're going to pretend it just tells the first one. Um, Second, we're called to grow in holiness, empowered by God's grace. Second Timothy 1.9 says he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. We're called to walk day by day. Asking him for his grace and his leading so we can become more like him. We're all called to that. Third, I am called to partner with Christ in growing the church and proclaiming the kingdom of God. This was the hardest one to find a verse because there's all of them. <laughs> um, 
But I chose Luke 9, 1 and 2. And then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. We're sent to go. We're sent to actually share the love of Christ with power. And the fourth is that I'm called in a specific way. I've been given unique gifts and callings and put in this place for a specific period of time. And um, I don't know if you've heard of the phrase life verse. I have about five of them. They're just scriptures that kind of cycle throughout your life and you come back to them. And one of them is in Esther. She was an orphan girl who was taken in by her cousin. The Jewish people were under captivity and through a series of events, she becomes the queen of Persia. And um, a catastrophe is about to happen and her cousin sends a message to her and says, if you don't choose to follow, God will bring his salvation a different way. But in 4 verse 14, it says, And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. If these things are true for me, it's true for you. This is a special time in history and it's not just for people like Brandon or Jerry or my dad or Elsie if you ask them all about their moment of calling they'll give you one but I was never given that moment but I'm called And some of you have maybe never had that moment where you felt God gave you a specific direction and a specific calling, but you're called. And we're not complete unless all of us rise up and do what's placed in our hands. So I'm going to go back to the room at the open door. Everyone's going and they're, they're telling what they're called to and what their job is. And it comes around to me and I don't know, I don't remember exactly what I said and I was crying like a baby. Um, but my name is Lindsay Wall and my husband and I help pastor Oasis City Church. And when I close my eyes, a dream of a church where there is just a multiplicity of people. Where there's young and old, rich and poor, different races and nationalities, charismatic and quiet, type A leaders and people like me. And we're all doing what we're called to. We're all doing what's within our giftings 
And there isn't, and it's a place where people can come and find home and go out and spread the love and grace of Jesus. And I realized I didn't have a dream for my home life, but I sure have a dream for the body of Christ. And nobody else is coming. No one else is coming to be mom to my kids. No one else is coming to be mom or dad to yours. No one else is coming to talk to my neighbor. I need to do it. I'm saying these things with me, but I mean it forever for each of us. No one else is coming to do those things that are right in front of us that we're able to do with our hands and our feet and our mouth. And I know it's been overdone and it's been, it, no, it hasn't been overdone, but we get, we become a little deafened to some of the statements that get made from up here. Like the ones, if everyone brought someone, we would, we would be, be full. But it's more like if each one of us walked out into that world purposefully and positioned, knowing who we are, starting with our knowledge and our relationship with Jesus, and just letting him lead us this week, that's a lot of difference we could make in our town. We're all called. It doesn't matter how young we are, how old we are, what gifts we have, what gifts we feel we don't. It's all on purpose because God chose us to be his vessels on this earth. And he made us that way on purpose. Um, I, I started out thinking I was going to talk about, you know, a bunch of men and women in the Bible and show their callings and how things worked out, realized we'd be here for eight hours. Um, but the one I relate to, and I hadn't said anything about this to, to Wes, but was Timothy. Because it just seems so gentle. I see you, how you were raised by your grandmother and, and grew in the faith with your mother and were called by the laying on of hands. It just seems so much easier than Saul of Tarsus, who you know, gets zapped and, while he's walking down the road. But it's... It starts with... It starts with giving our lives to Jesus and allowing him to wash us and lead us and I don't know about the rest of you, but I have moments. I have three kinds of moments at Walmart. It's going to sound weird, but it's just kind of a thing. I have the days I put on the mask, I put my hat down really low, and I know I've got five minutes to get in and out. And I look at the floor and I boot it to the milk aisle, because it's always the milk aisle. And then I boot it back, because I just don't have time to stop. 
And then I have the days where, you know, you're getting groceries and you bump into someone and you walk out and you're like, oh, that was a God moment. And then there's the days I had one a couple weeks ago with my friend Lisa where I stopped the car and I saw someone like, oh, oh, this is a thing. I didn't find what I was looking for and I didn't really look for it. Um, but I had a moment with someone. And I think that's kind of a picture of how we live. And I just wanted to encourage you this morning, look for the moment. Look for a way to position yourself to God, to use you in your unique, special, created by God way. Because the things we don't, the things we think are the special things are, might not be the, the way your neighbor needs you. They might just need you. And if you are in here and you have never given your life to Jesus, that's a start. It starts by just recognizing your need for him. And recognizing we can't do it without him. Giving him we, we call it sin. It just means the ways we mess up. And it's not always stuff. A lot of, It starts with our hearts. The wrong ideas, the wrong priorities. Giving those to him. Asking for his forgiveness. And turning the other way. at Brandon to come up and, and lead that part. But it's also for the rest of us, maybe a reminder to reposition a little. That someone else isn't more special and someone else isn't more called. We have a place, we just have to see it. <laughs>